0: Hi there, welcome to Reclaim You, a podcast published by the Reclaim Therapy team. Join us as we share stories, tools, and insights on how to reclaim you in the wake of trauma, disordered eating, and body shame. Grab your coffee, tea, or your favorite snack and get cozy because we're about to dive in. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Reclaim You. Casey and I are here today and we're talking all about how things often feel worse before they feel better.
1: Yes. Isn't that the truth?
0: It is. It really is. Before before we started recording, we were just recounting all of the ways in our current lives. <laughs> things feel worse before they feel better.
1: And normalizing that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Especially in trauma recovery, eating disorder recovery. Things can feel pretty pretty shitty so shitty Mm -hmm.
1: so shitty i mean when i every time i see a client i never end a first session without telling them that this isn't for the faint of heart right that it's really brave that they're taking this on and you know i can see that people probably be like oh yeah they're just buttering me up or whatever um but it's a true story you know like nobody really knows what it feels like until you're in it, mm-hmm. you know, and it can take people many years to start because change has to happen. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a couple things that I think cause people to feel like it gets worse before it gets better. Number one is you're usually laying out all the things that you're struggling with. Everything that's bothering you, all of the hard emotions, all of the things you cannot change, cannot control, struggle to accept. And it's probably the environment that you put them all together. One of the only environments. And so you look at that and you go, Pieces Oh shit. Yeah. Now yeah. what? Cause none of it is organized. Right. In the beginning, I call it piles of laundry. is everywhere. And you have to sit with that for a while. So I think that's one part of it. I think number two is that looking at the way that you have coped with life with compassion, but also with the understanding of, is that serving you in the long run? Is that causing you more pain, discomfort, dysregulation, and starting to add new skills, plus also stepping away from your old habits Can cause you to feel so out of control and so dysregulated because it doesn't feel quote unquote normal, Mm -hmm. right? And the beliefs that we have about discomfort it may be that discomfort means that it's wrong in some parts of your life, or that discomfort means that you're unsafe. And learning when that's true and when that's not is a really hard dance. Mm -hmm. and then i guess the third part is if we're looking at specifically like the kind of work we do somatic focused emdr really getting into embodiment that's so foreign from what people are used to in the therapy world it's like oh we just have conversation back and forth and it's like Mm -hmm. yes to a point but also it's so focused on you which can be the last place we want to be focusing mm-hmm. right yeah. and you know who wants to be doing like all of this weird movement in session with their therapist and who wants to be like sitting and sobbing it might feel really uncomfortable but starting to just dip your toes in slowly but surely you know that's further down the line but i think those are the things i've noticed make it worse before it gets better.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially when you're kind of like at this point with anything really where you're just like over it, whether that's some way that a part of you is operating in the world or, you know, your eating disorder and the behaviors you're using around it, right? All of that starts to feel like comfortably uncomfortable in lots of ways. And maybe it prevents you from feeling in lots of ways as well. It prevents you from really like getting in there and and being with what is, working on that. And like you said, change is hard and being with change, it invites this like little crack of a door open to see like what's, what's behind all of this, like what could possibly be happening behind all of these behaviors and the way I'm operating and these parts and everything like that, which then puts you into feeling, right?
1: Totally. And I think that's, you know, that part, I think is is extremely challenging while also having to navigate the idea of like so what now? So uh-huh. what now? So what now? What do I do? How do I fix it? And I think that is such it's such a strong oh, I don't know what it is. It's like the urgency, right? We we get dysregulated by even saying oh this isn't good. Mm -hmm. or I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, that we go right from that to how do I fix it? Uh And knowing that it's not necessarily how it works is really hard for people. Mm -hmm. And it was really hard for me when I went to therapy. The amount of urgency I felt to like just fix all of it Mm -hmm. was so strong. Mm -hmm. And my therapist would just like stare at me with like mm-hmm. kindness and compassion and the amount of rage i would feel right was so strong so you know i definitely know what that feels like and probably why i realized that compassion is so important like mm-hmm. if we can't make peace or understand to a certain extent why we got to the point of being sick and tired mm-hmm. there's no way we can get to how do we fix it?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe some things don't have to be fixed. Yeah. Maybe it's how you interpret those things. Maybe it's how your family has interpreted those things or your people in your life. Maybe we need to get rid of some of that proposed shame or people pleasing mm-hmm. or whatever. I think the most emotionally charged thing I usually see is right when we start to invite self-compassion. Mm, interesting, right? yeah. Because that's the yeah. answer to what do we do next, right? Right. Right. Always. Yeah. Always. And mm-hmm. I think understanding what that actually means has been such an interesting experience as a therapist. Because I think a lot of people that come in with trauma or with eating disorders, it's it's so focused on like this diligence and we do X, Y, Z, and that's how it goes. And if we don't, then we are a failure. We are unworthy. We are unlovable, Mm -hmm. et cetera. That this is so foreign. This is so like, I've, you know, hear things like that's an excuse or that's an invitation to be lazy or, you know, that's just going to make me continue doing this. And to see people learn that that's not true is so exciting. And then the amount of emotion that comes from actually embodying that self-compassion. And it's almost like that whole weight's just lifted. But getting to that point is really hard. Yeah. Because you often just fight it, right? How can this be okay that I'm, you know, struggling with restriction this bad? Or how can it be okay that I'm self-harming? How can it be okay that, you know, I yell at my husband every day? Yes, if you word it that way, it, it sounds terrible. Mm -hmm. But if you invite what is happening with you, that that feels like your safety net, your protective mechanism, your, you know, way to survive, that makes things a little bit better. Yeah. So sometimes it's taking the person you're caring for from the negativity judgment. And that's the worst before it gets better of like, Mm -hmm. hey, let's invite a different type of perspective. Yeah.
0: And I think another kind of angle at that is even to have, to use the skill of self-compassion invites you to acknowledge the suffering, right? Mm. And so if you're unable or so protected or guarded that you can't acknowledge that there's suffering behind the eating disorder or the trauma response or the whatever it is, then of course, acknowledging the suffering is going to feel worse. Right. It's going to feel Mm -hmm. worse because it's like owning it and saying, oh, wow, this is actually a really hard experience because judgment is like, ah, you suck, you suck, you suck, like get over it, move on, whatever. And this, like, oh, I'm actually suffering. Like bloop, plant you right in it. And then the compassion on the other end can lighten some of that load. Right. But there you are into the trenches and then back up onto the
1: dirt road. Acknowledging that we are in pain or acknowledging that, you know, things have happened to us that impact us is so foreign to what society today, quote unquote, allows you to experience, right? It's the get over it, move on. It's fine. You're fine. Everything's fine. When the whole world is crumbling beneath you, knowing that that's not normal, as in like, it's not something you have to do. Mm -hmm. It's, It's just these growing pains yeah and right? i think we, we reference them as growing pains because it is growth which is a good thing but it doesn't mean it's not painful yeah and and why mixing you know the work that we do of somatics and and emdr to be able to allow you to feel the suffering in a safe place or in a supported place and so you know for anybody who thinks they're going to have to go into a therapeutic environment and Mm -hmm. talk in detail about all of the terrible things that have happened to them. Like that's not what you ever need to do. Yeah. And doing it slowly can sometimes feel painful in a different way.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like, uh, I should, your parts will come out, right? I should be doing this faster. This should be happening quicker. There's something I'm not doing right when in reality the slower and the safer and the more supported you are in doing this the more long term effective it's going to be and where true healing happens yeah and so i think that the the worst part is also how you talk to yourself through the grueling long non linear process of healing
0: totally it's these like micro
1: micro movements in some ways
0: uh, when you're saying that i was thinking about A a session that I had with a somatic experiencing practitioner recently, and we were working with this like very small movement after doing some work for about 45 minutes. And it was my my foot was kind of like flexed and we were just being curious about it. And I had this impulse to just like drop my foot all the way, just like drop it. And she was like, what if we slowed it way, way down, right? And just like this little micro movement and being curious about the ripples from that micro movement, instead of like, let me just fix this discomfort. I'm just going to like fix it and not be all like tense and tight anymore. But to just be curious of like, well, what is this little teeny tiny shift? How does that create ripples in my body and my experience in the here and now? And that just feels so similar to what you were saying. It's this like slowness. And this titration into not doing it all at one time, that like even little bits of discomfort can feel really destabilizing, but it can also be enough.
1: Somatic experiencing is just so exciting.
0: Yeah, it's Um, super cool.
1: And I think it can be representative of what we are not taught to do as Mm -hmm. as a human in the community is discomfort is bad. You can't tolerate it. It's going to overthrow you. You are going to be in shambles. Like all of these things that I really think are supported by an unsupportive environment. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we get those beliefs because we've never felt the safety and support and had the resources to be able to do these things. So in a way, a lot of this is exposure, right? You're exposing yourself to what it feels like to let go. Or to not, you know, maybe talk to that part that feels like it would be unsafe if we opened ourselves up. Or, mm-hmm. you know, acknowledging the dissociation and, and working on grounding. That's exposure and realizing mm-hmm. that that's going to be hard, mm-hmm. you know, but but also inviting that you have autonomy. You have, you know, the right to consent to whatever feels comfortable for you in the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a part that I've seen a lot in my work is the pressure that people may feel to do what a therapist says.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I really want to let people know that you do not have to do shit. Ever. Really. Like Ever. you don't,
0: mm-hmm. like
1: you could sit there and do nothing. Mm-hmm. I would respect that because is that what you needed at that moment? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And even if you try something, because a lot of this is trial and error, this is not cookie cutter work. It's unique to the person that's, you know, you might try something with a therapist and it'd be like, no, that's not working or whoa, Mm -hmm. that's too much right now. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. Pivot. We can totally change tactics. We can do something different. We can, you know, pendulum to something safer. Mm -hmm. You know, I think really realizing that it gets worse before it gets better with resources autonomy support and safety yes like that i think we forget not Mm -hmm. we as in you and me but uh
0: you know generally speaking
1: generally speaking um Mm -hmm. that there's this pressure to perform yeah and and that can be part of the worst Mm -hmm. i know it has been for me in therapy So much so that my therapist that I love so much right now asked me questions four and five times because she knows that I'm not seeing what I actually feel the first time. And by the fifth time, you know, you get the actual truth coming out. But realizing that that's a human protective thing and that feeling worse, it might just take time for that to unravel. And the more we talk about it getting worse, the more I'm thinking about, is it that it gets worse? Or is it that we're starting to articulate what we need mm-hmm. in our authentic selves,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Which
0: just feels different, right?
1: Different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boundaries, advocating for yourself. And I don't know if that's connected to any other roots that you have, right? hmm mm-hmm. I think also this idea that you come in with all your piles of laundry. You can spend a year working on one pile or mm-hmm. one piece of clothing.
0: On one piece of clothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like the socks. No, yeah.
1: The sock. One of them. You know, you one have to. Two. Can't
0: find the other one. Shit.
1: It's <laughs> in the other pile somewhere. You might think that there's some of these things that people have were concerned about in your life or were worried about this part of you or, or whatever. But coming into a therapeutic experience, being able to decide what is causing me the most discomfort, you know, or what am I ready to, even tiptoe around. Do I have to talk about talking about it first? Mm -hmm. You know, that's something I do with clients a lot. We don't have to get into it real quick, but like, how does it feel to even entertain that you might be talking about this thing? Yeah. How does that feel? I think that gives a little bit of grace that there is no like requirement for amount of shitty things discussed. Yeah. You can also talk about good things. We can talk about your strengths we talk about your resiliency your Mm -hmm. your bravery your ability to survive your ability to pivot your ability to protect yourself you know or like i saw this really good movie and i want to tell you about Mm -hmm. it like Mm -hmm. not all of therapy is you know shitty i get excited i dance i Mm -hmm. run around my office. We sing songs like it's all Mm good, you know, Mm -hmm. if somebody wants to do that. Right, right.
0: Yeah, I I was thinking that that really is probably one of the most important parts of of therapy is that beginning to allow yourself to engage in those things, right? In the fun, in the actual experience of joy and connection and relationship, right? Because when you can really expand those tools and that capacity internally, Then when you're bounced out into the really distressing stuff, you have somewhere to come back to, you have somewhere kind of safe to land, right? So I agree. I think that's probably one of the most important parts of therapy is, is beginning to be able to kind of, you know, go to those places and strengthen all of those things or the capacity to engage in all of those things.
1: Does that part get worse before it gets better too? A little bit, a little bit, right?
0: Maybe, yeah.
1: Because a lot of the time, unless, you know, we've grown up in this really evolved, emotionally educated and connected environment, Mm -hmm. we're not taught breathing exercises. We're not taught, you know, how to be embodied and connect with pain and tension and, and discomfort. So I think the hard before, like the worst before it gets better also comes from the fact that we it can feel really shitty to be a beginner at anything. The first time a therapist ever asked me, like, how do you feel? My first response was like, shit, that's why I'm here. Love <laughs> that <laughs> truth. And they were, I really gave her a run for her money. They're really like, did duh. <laughs> duh.
0: <laughs> Didn't you read my All intake? The aggression, duh.
1: right? <laughs> so much aggression came out. And and when she asked me, do I feel any pain today? I had to entertain, like, I don't know. I don't know. And then I'm like, Oh, shit. Mm. Should I? Should Uh I be feeling pain? And then that shame that comes from like, Oh, I don't want to not be good at anything. Right. So I often do it with my clients. Right. That's something Mm -hmm. I almost wished that my therapist would have done is say, Oh, well, you know, like, when I do it, like, I feel this pain right here. And I, you know, it's radiating or whatever. Like to kind of practice it with me, yeah. To realize that like I'm not alone. So I do that with clients sometimes. Like if if they're comfortable with that, like we do it together. And yeah. I think realizing that your your therapist can also explore with you, and obviously it's not about us, and it is not we're not taking up the room to practice being kind of vulnerable in that space with you can can make it feel better instead of worse.
0: It's funny. I was sitting with a group of, I guess maybe like millennial, elder millennial women (laughs) over the weekend (laughs) and reflecting on just what you said earlier that for the most part, there wasn't a lot of like identifying emotion growing up. You know, uh, folks Mm -hmm. were saying how it was, you don't feel that way or like suck it up, move on, get over it, dust it off. And Mm -hmm. that of course impacts things in the here and now of, well, I can't possibly tolerate that, you know, which then when you start to experience, it feels worse before it gets better. Right. Here we are back again.
1: Yeah. Um, That really is the ticket that, I mean, I think that's a majority of where it comes from, right. Is uh people come into the healing space with, I can't, I can't, I can't, I won't, I won't be able to, it's impossible. It's, you know, but really where did that idea come from? Like, where did you learn that, in your belief, your tolerance is so small. I think we just remind people of their resiliency every single day because what you've been through so far and you've gotten to this point speaks to that in and of itself. And then every little micro movement that you make in here, or even every piece of information that you feel willing to share is a a step of growth and a step of resilience, though it makes me frustrated. (laughs) That we've created an environment where we're not allowed to feel and at the same time create fear around feeling. I'm getting a lot of tension and discomfort right now, even thinking about that. Uh-huh. It's incredibly frustrating, but also, you know, that we get to be the people that create space for it. Mm-hmm. To unravel that is pretty cool. Therapy's fun, y'all, I promise.
0: It is, it is fun. <laughs> Sometimes it's not, but sometimes no. it is, right?
1: It is. It is fun. The beginning is awkward. You know, it's like a oh, yeah. first date.
0: It really is settling into, is this a good fit? hmm Are the vibes here?
1: Yes, are the vibes here?
0: hmm Sometimes yeah. they're not, right? And that's cool.
1: Totally fine. But also something to, you know, explore. Right. As if, if things are feeling not like they're jiving or that, you know, they feel anything off, explore that. I always yeah. tell my clients when we first start out, please tell me if something I do sucks, like, mm-hmm. please tell me if you don't like something or even if you just want to email me about it, like if you don't want to say it in person, totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because not having an environment that you feel like you can be comfortable Well, like that's first thing. Exploring that with your therapist can be totally helpful because maybe it's not that it's not jiving. Maybe a part of you isn't jiving with it. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe you you go out and you see somebody else and you stay with them or you come back or, you know, whatever. That's okay. It's all okay.
0: It's all about you at the end of the day, right? It's all about you. Shop around. Read the websites, read the bios, right? If someone's a meh, like you don't have to settle for a meh.
1: Make the consultation, feel it out.
0: Anything else that we have on this that feels like a, a metaphor for life?
1: Yeah, it does feel like a metaphor for life. I mean, worse does not mean wrong. Worse does not mean bad. Worse is not a reflection of you. Worse can mean new. It can mean different. It can mean stretching and growing and challenging and you're always going to be able to mix a little good with the worse and that's our job right our, our job is to support we don't fix we don't you know we're here with you to create safety and support and permission if you don't have it for yourself to be in that worse And to get you to a point where it feels better. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how long that'll be, but I can tell you that we're with you the whole way, the whole journey, and caring for you and loving you through it. Mm -hmm. And with the autonomy and consent to stop, change, pivot, and move, it gets better. It does. It does. There is hope, right? There is hope. Always. Mm -hmm. There's
0: always a little light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Well, Casey, thank you as always. Always a pleasure. And everyone, we will be back next week for another episode. So until then, take good care. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Reclaim You. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe and check us out on YouTube at Reclaim You. If you're looking to start therapy for trauma, disordered eating, or body image concerns, head over to our website at www.reclaimtherapy.org to learn more about us and our work. We'll be back next week with another episode. Until then, take good care of yourself.